1: From NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Lars Gottrich. It's the best music of the month show, and we're listening to Album of the Year Contenders for 2022. Let's start off with Horace Andy.
2: Show them the way, just steer them right From foolishness never leave their side Day by day, night by night I'll be their guy. Uh-oh. Oh ja, oh, yeah, make it watch over them. Steal them from the bottom, don't let them get the old off them. Oh ja, ooh, yeah, bigger watch over
1: them. I am here with am Powers and WBGO's Nate Chandan. We're discussing the best albums released in April. Horace Andy is an absolute legend of reggae and Jamaican roots music, and he is a longtime collaborator with Massive Attack. And somehow, in the 50 years he's been putting out music, he has never worked with the legendary dub producer Adrian Sherwood. And that's all changed on this new album called Midnight Rocker. And tell me about this beautiful album.
3: Little known fact about me. When I worked at Tower Records, when I was about 19, 20 years old, I was the blues and reggae buyer for Tower Records in San Francisco. I was very (laughs) deep into reggae music. And, oh my gosh, Horace Andy was just such a touchstone for myself and my friends who loved that kind of roots reggae style that was really huge in the 80s. He particularly had this record called In the Light. that had this song on it, Problems, that... uh, it's just like every day I listen to that song. So I've loved Horace Sandy's voice for my whole life. My other favorite thing at that time, was On You Sounds Recording, the collective that was headed by Adrian Sherwood. And they created this really trippy kind of dub art reggae style. Never did, I think, these two sounds would meld and mix as well as they do on this record. And he's just still in beautiful voice. He doesn't have that, like, high angelic voice he once had. But the weathered quality of his voice, I think, makes his delivery on these songs all the more profound. And Adrian Sherwood coming in as a producer really goes for that classic roots reggae sound, but then just like adds enough dub elements that if you've had the right, gummy, (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to really work for you, you know
4: (laughs) I think the music works whatever state you're in (laughs)
3: um, Legal gummies, legal gummies, Delta
4: Yeah, we've we've got some Easter jelly beans left over (laughs) Um, I was really struck by how much caring is expressed on the Mm. album The thing that really blew my mind was the opening cut Which is titled, This Must Be Hell You know, he's singing about just how hard it is on this planet, how much suffering there is, how much death and destruction. And I was like, "Wow, this is this record's going to be really dark." And then it kind of pivots to this really beautiful sentiment of like, "Take care of each other." And I just felt like, "Wow, this is a a very good moment for this to enter the world."
3: On this album, there are several new songs, but also reworked Horace Andy classics and even a Massive Attack song. Safe from Harm, which is one of their early classics. It's a beautiful new version with Horace in the lead.
1: Horace Andy, the record is called Midnight Rocker. Back in February, we featured the single Diet Coke on the Best Music of the Month show. Now, T has a new full album, and our friend Rodney Carmichael from Louder Than a Riot wanted to drop some knowledge.
5: My favorite album of April is brought to you by none other than my two-year-old son who has literally made me play a particular song from this joint probably a couple of hundred times since it dropped on April 22nd. My name is Rodney Carmichael. I co-host the Louder Than a Riot podcast and the album that I'm talking about is Pusha T's It's Almost Dry. Uh pray for the players on um. we hollow the walls and back up bodega's um. on i got plenty it's so many yeah they say give me he got plenty yeah Bruh, you ain't flexing you cramping my weight keeping on the bikes like amblin' Weight loss, rent loss, scrambling. Now pass the champagne to the champion. My n****s get money, get money, get money like Yay sampling. Gun stutter, make the drum line like grambling. MGM gambling, blew a small mansion. Annoyed cause this calling Lon Von Lanvin. Pusha T, the goat of coke rap. He's made a career out of witty punchlines about pushing product and moving that dope. This album is no exception, but in some ways it is the exception because it's just so good. I mean, this dude sounds energized in a way that I have never heard him before. Vocally, he explores different pockets and his lyrics are just top notch. While he takes a lot of hits for the cliche subject matter, I think that Pusha T has always been rapping about more than just cocaine. He's really rapping about apple pie and baseball, high aspirations and hot dogs. Because, you know, there's really nothing as American as the crack epidemic in the latter half of the 20th century. I think when you take that and you put it on top of an album full of Pharrell and Kanye beats, you're bound to cook up something dope. This song, "Dreaming of the Past which happens to be my son's favorite, although he has no idea what Pusha T is rapping about, features a Donny Hathaway sample singing his rendition of the John Lennon song, Jealous Guy. It's really Kanye in his old Kanye bag with the old soul samples. It's a beautiful song off a fantastic album.
1: Pusha T, the album is called It's Almost Dry, There was a ton of great music released in April, but I just want to mention some major titles that feel like they could be year-end contenders. There's Ramona Park Broke My Heart by Vince Staples, the album Ivory by Mexican-American singer Omar Apollo, Bonnie Raitt's 18th studio album just like that, the debut by the Linda Lindas called Growing Up truly lives up to and exceeds the expectations after that viral video from last year. And the self taught album by Leg, you can find a great conversation about memes and Mean Girls starring Ann Powers about Wet Leg on npr.org slash music. Let's do one more before we take a quick break. The pianist and composer Myra Belford has a new quintet. Here's part seven from a new suite entitled for the love of fire and water. This track really goes places, so why don't we skip ahead to about 4 minutes and 30 seconds? That's probably my favorite part. Never mistake the guitar tone of Mary Halverson. Uh, The (laughs) album is For the Love of Fire and Water. Myra Melford has been on the jazz scene for four decades, and she has assembled an incredible set of musicians for this quintet, all women. Like past work, she is inspired by visual art. So much Improvised music is in conversation with abstract art. The emotion and texture is important, sometimes even more so than the technique. Nate, tell me what Myra Melford does on this album.
4: Well, she's a catalyst, right? She's the, the scene setter and she's the spark that lights the fire. She assembled this group for a residency at The Stone in New York back in, I think, 2019. The impulse was just to to get together with a handful of improvisers that she admired. And it went so well that she decided to write music with them in mind. And Lars, as you note, she is very inspired by visual art. And in this case, she took a specific series of paintings by the abstract expressionist painter Cy Twombly. The title is Gaeta Set, For the Love of Fire and Water. And it's in the collection of the Brandhorst Museum in Germany. And so she looked at these paintings and came up with compositional fragments and ideas and sort of springboards for improvisation. And really, the rest is up to the chemistry of of the ensemble. We should name everybody here because they're all vital contributors. Melford is on piano and melodica. And you mentioned Mary Halverson, of course, on guitar. That's Susie Ibarra on drums. Ingrid Lobrock on tenor and soprano saxophones. And finally, last but certainly not least, Tamika Reed on cello. By coincidence, these are all some of my favorite improvisers at the moment, too. I
1: mean, I just got chills like hearing those names. I was like, oh my gosh, I love all of these people.
4: (laughs) If you like being surprised from one moment to the next by where music is going, this is a really great recording. It's a wonderful reminder of the dynamism in Myra Melford's approach to music making. Melford makes a connection with Twombly that I find quite interesting. You know, so his paintings are famously scribbly and they're, you know, they resist any kind of interpretation. And he once said something to the effect of, it's all about the gesture. And so Melford latched onto that because she feels very similarly as a pianist and as a composer, it's like, it is gestural. She has such incredible tools at her disposal. She knows so much. So you never let go of that when you set out to create a sort of abstract gesture. But by prioritizing the gesture, you're inherently placing this in a kind of radical tradition. And she's so good at that.
3: Meyer Melfort noted that Cy Twombly taught himself how to draw in the dark so he could Mm. feel the line. That's sort of what she's trying to do is feel her body with the instrument before she worries about the sound. Jazz is so referential. It's like quote upon quote upon quote. But this album, I feel like the interplay is, is almost its own language.
1: I'm literally looking at this side, Lee painting right now. And I'm thinking about the music from this Myra Melford record. And you see the points where he has basically shredded the canvas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you see the points where he has lightly touched it. And you see the scribbles and you see the deep textural color. And it's like, oh, I think I actually
4: understand this. She has always had this interdisciplinary thing to the bone. You know, she grew up in a house designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, Oh, um, wow! Well. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this year, I went to a, a the Other Minds Festival in San Francisco and saw her play an improvisation with Oguri, the, the buto dancer. Kinetics and architectural design and space and line and color and texture, like, these are all considerations for her that are under the surface, you know? Like, they're, they're just always kind of humming in her psyche.
1: That's the album for The Love of Fire and Water by Myra Melford's Fire and Water Quintet. We're going to come back to talk about more great music released in April, but first we need to take a short break.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu.
1: Welcome back. It's the Best Music of the Month podcast from All Songs Considered. I'm Lars Gottrich. I'm joined by Ann Powers and WBGO's Nate Chenin. We've got another drop-in from the Louder Than a Riot team. Here's Sydney Madden on Sid.
2: What's up? This is Sydney Madden, NPR Music Reporter. And my best music for the month of April pick is the album Broken Hearts Club by Sid. This is Sid's sophomore solo album that's dropping five years after her debut. And in that amount of time, it's clear that Sid has loved and lost real hard. Like the title implies, the artist is working through all the layers of a really big heartbreak. And you'll feel those layers too. It's an album that simmers with lust, passion, hesitation, insecurity, and distress. The album opener, C-Y-B-A-H, short for Could You Break a Heart, sets the tone early with breezy bass and lyrics that are soaked in serotonin of joy and hopefulness that come from shooting your shot with a crush.
1: Sid, hopefully not forever part of the Broken Hearts Club. Uh, We do have one more album to feature on the Best Music of the Month show, but let's take a moment to mention other albums released in April that we'll come back to all year. And give me a couple of your picks.
3: I just gotta mention my current absolute favorite rock band, the Irish rock band Fontaine's DC. They have a new record out called Skinty Fia. Recently, Bob Boylan featured... Fontaine's DC on All Songs Considered, but hey, you cannot have enough Fontaine's DC, in my opinion, (laughs) and I have to say they're headed to the top of the charts in the UK, so many people agree with me. The title of this record means The Damnation of the Deer which apparently is is kind of an expression of exasperation This record was made after the members of Fontaine's DC moved from Ireland to London and there's a lot of feeling of displacement what it means to be Irish in England, the political position of the outsider, also the passion and sometimes the bitterness of love. Sonically, it's such an interesting record. Some have compared it to Joy Division or other Manchester bands. I also hear Gang of Four and even Tricky. I just think this band is claiming its place in that lineage of like Anglo-Irish dystopian post-punk.
1: Anne, you got another one for me?
3: On a totally different note. <laughs> Taj Mahal and Ray Cooter, who actually were in a band together decades ago called The Rising Suns. I mean, I'm talking about in 1965. These two giants of folk rock music have made their first record since that time together now. It's a tribute to the blues duo Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. It's called Get On Board. It's modeled after a 1952 album by Sonny and Brownie that had the same title, has some of the same tracks. It's just a super joyful outing with lots of Taz's harmonica and rice guitar playing and they're trading off vocals and it's just classic songs and these are just two great players working together doing their thing and we're going to hear a classic song drinking wine spody o i'm in california everything is fine
5: all them cats to be drinking that wine drinking that mess it's their delight and when they get to drinking it's hard to sing it all night drinking
0: wine spody o
1: All right, Nate Shanen, I know you got a couple jazz records for us.
4: Jazz is certainly not all that I'm listening to, but in April there was a lot of it, so um, I had to bring a couple of others, um, starting with The Parable of the Poet, which is the new album by the young vibraphone phenom Joel Ross. Everybody loves Joel Ross, uh, and he has a reputation well-deserved for explosive, exciting playing. But on this album, he creates a a kind of suite that's very meditative and uh, very informed by his faith. The album opens with a piece titled Prayer, moves on to one titled Guilt, and then Choices. And on and on, it ends with benediction. So there's a kind of arc to this album that it reflects a sort of liturgical tradition and then also this very self-searching faith process. And it's just a beautiful statement and a very thoughtful and contemplative one.
1: Nate, you got one more for me?
4: I do. So this album is by a guitarist and composer named Miles Okazaki, and he's got a band called Trickster which uh, features Matt Mitchell on keyboards, Anthony Tidd on electric bass, and Sean Rickman on drums. Um, These are musicians that all share a um, connection with uh, the alto saxophonist and composer Steve Coleman, but they've moved on to their own vibe as a band, and this album is titled Thisness. This is a musician who has an extremely analytical mind and when he composes he really uses a lot of intricate designs and almost puzzle like approach but he wanted to shake himself loose from that a little bit and create a little more space for the band to rework the material so he brought themes into this session that were really designed more f- as springboards the metaphor that he used With the band and and also in his liner notes was the exquisite corpse the grand old surrealist tradition uh, where one poet or uh artist begins an idea you know begins a little sketch and the next person can't see what was previously done and carries it on and so this idea of like everyone sort of picking the idea up And making their own modifications and then passing it on. That's kind of happening here, but it's happening with all four musicians at the same time. If I told you that this this album was through Composed, (laughs) you would probably believe me because it's so sure-footed. But there's a lot of split second calculation going on for every member of the band.
1: We're going to continue playing some more jazz because after all it is Jazz Appreciation Month, or at least it was in April, and it was also just like an incredible time for archival releases and reissues, but at the top of the heap for me, something I've been thinking about and listening to for for quite some time, Revelations by Albert Eiler. These recordings were done just months before Albert Eiler had died, but you hear the absolute joy and ecstasy and chaos, and you just hear the rapturous excitement from the audience behind every performance. Mary Parks, who was Albert Eiler's manager and romantic partner,
3: can really shred on the soprano saxophone, which is not something most people had heard. Well, I just want to say for Jazz Appreciation Month, my pick is the new album, if you will, by the jazz vocalist, Flora Parim, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. And it's her first record in 15 years and possibly her last. So get that one, too.
1: All right. We have one more album to do. Straw Man Army is a punk band based in New York. SOS is their third album in three years. Let's listen to Humankind. born dead, the minutes and hours that lay ahead, a swarm of words, ideas, and images, that is what the youth call a mood.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Lars, I'm so glad you brought in this record. I didn't know about it. But then I discovered that Chris Richards of the Washington Post just declared this record the album of the year. So there you go, Lars. Your ears are doing it again.
1: (laughs) That's the thing. Even among the most jaded punks who hate lists, people are excited. They're like, yes, this is the punk album of the year. So let's just say it right now. Strawman Army SOS Punk Album of the Year. All right. <laughs> so obviously, this is my pick. Strawman Army is a duo made up of Owen Deutsch and Sean Frenstris. They're also in this hardcore band called Kaleidoscope that I like quite a bit. It didn't really click for me until this album. As you just heard in the song, they, they do the, the talkie singing post-punk Thing and this pretty straight down the middle on their debut album that came out a few years ago and I was like, it's fine. But then they put out this weird instrumental soundtrack to a movie that they made that came out last year and I was like, huh, this is interesting. For SOS, they kind of meld those two worlds. Just on a sonic level, they have made something incredibly intricate and nervous and paranoid but expansive at the same time.
2: Settle
0: up, settle down, but settle the score Why settle for less When you can settle for more shooting up for the final push A bird in the hand Well, that's who the push With every provocation we we're affecting the past can out a little city in an oil trance
2: Rewrite history by the seat of our pants Another occupation of the holy land
3: The thing about this band is just the clarity of the vision and, and I found it honestly like slightly off-putting initially with the vocals I thought It's like John Senna or like a World Federation wrestler fronting a band. It's like so direct. But, But then when I listened to the words, I felt the clarity was earned, you know? I feel like what they have to say is really important. The line notes to
1: the album stress that it's an exclamation, a sudden outburst bearing witness to an ongoing crisis of scale. We're dealing with all these opposing forces at once and here's the album that is just bearing witness to this time. That is Strawman Army, and that is the best music released in April 2022. Thanks to Ann Powers, Nate Chenin, Ronnie Carmichael, and Sydney Batten. Thank you, Lars. Thank you. You can find all the songs and albums we played in the show description or at npr.org slash all songs. For NPR Music and
0: All Songs Considered, I'm Lars Gottrich. Thanks for listening, y'all. This message comes from NPR sponsor Allianz Travel Insurance. With benefits kicking in as close as 100 miles from home, you can protect your travel plans whether you're driving across state lines or flying cross-country. Learn more at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at RosettaStone.com NPR.
5: In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.